The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host and their guests and not those of W4CS Radio, its employees, or affiliates. W4CS makes no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening to the Cancer Support Network on W4CS.com. Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. Welcome to 5 to Thrive Live. I am Carolyn Gazella, your host tonight. My co-host, Dr. Lise Ulschuller, has the night off. I have a wonderful guest and a very important topic. But before we get started, I also have a few announcements. Now, first of all, if you've ever missed any of our shows, don't worry, because you can find all of our past shows on iHeartRadio. Just go to iHeart.com. Type in 5 to Thrive Live and you will find us. We also feature past shows on our website at iThrivePlan.com. That's iThrivePlan.com. Also, before we begin, we always like to thank the sponsors of our show, who are Cetria Glutathione, Cognizant Cytocholine, and of course, the iThrive Plan. We appreciate our sponsors very much, so please be sure to check out their websites and listen closely to those commercials throughout the show. So tonight... We're going to be talking about managing medications. Now, did you know that it is estimated that more than half of Americans take two prescription medications? 20% take at least five prescription medications. It's also estimated that nearly one half of all Americans are taking at least one prescription medication. So you know what? That's a lot of people taking a lot of medication. So if you're one of those millions of Americans who needs help managing your medications, then this show is absolutely for you. And I have the perfect guest to give us some advice about this topic. Joining me is Dr. Jody Adams. Dr. Adams has an undergraduate degree in biology and, and psychology from the University of Denver. And her doctorate of pharmacy degree is from the University of Colorado Skaggs School of Pharmacy. She did a residency at the Lutheran Medical Center and Kaiser Permanente in Colorado. She presently works at Lutheran Medical Center where she works on the internal medicine floor and the outpatient infusion center. Dr. Adams, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be a part of your show. Yeah, and I would love to know, you know, before we dive into a topic, I always like to have our listeners get to know our guest a little bit more. So first of all, describe what you do at Lutheran Medical Center, and then tell us what you like most about what you do. Sure. So at Lutheran, um, I like to say that my my job is multifactorial. Um, I spend most of my time between sort of two shifts. I work our internal medicine floor, you know, which I really love because we see a variety of different patients and and disease types. Um, I also work in our outpatient infusion center, which is on the same campus as Lutheran, and they're um, a part of a great pharmacy team where we work on 
making the chemotherapy regimens for patients and, and patients that may come in for other um, chronic illnesses or maybe they need IV antibiotics um, or, you know, some iron replacements. So I, I get to see a lot of different types of patients with my work. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, you know, what do I like the most about work? I get this, I get this question asked me a lot because I, I, I work pretty closely with uh, residents and students, which is great. So I've, I've had quite a bit of time to, to really think about this. And I can't really pinpoint one aspect I like the most. Um, you know, I, like I said, I feel really fortunate to have the opportunity to work in both our hospital setting and also in our outpatient cancer care center. Um, but I have, you know, about three things that really stand out in my mind. Um, one is, you know, how much I, I value being part of a, of a really hardworking team where everyone is on the same page and same goal is to provide excellent and safe care to patients in our community. Um, you know, we often see the, the sick of the sick, which can take an army of people from pharmacists and physicians and nurses and physical therapists, you know, dietitians, acupuncturists, social workers. You know, we have a, a whole group of people that work together to ensure our patients get the best care. And with that, you know, it's really rewarding to watch our patients heal as a result of our team's hard work. You know, we, we sometimes see them at their worst, and, and then we get to see them healthy and, and smile when it's time to go home, and it's, it's really memorable. I also enjoy, you know, I used to be a high school teacher prior to becoming a pharmacist, so I have a passion for teaching and a passion for learning. And, you know, as a pharmacist, it's a profession where we learn new things every day, <laughs> and, and each day can really be different from the one before. Yeah, and um, I've been fascinated with a pharmacist for for a long time as well. And um, one of the things that strikes me is, are you familiar with the Gallup polls? uh, You where they they um, do surveys to identify which profession is the most. (laughs) honest and ethical these fascinate me i tell you um so i looked it up me too <laughs> yeah I, I bet because you know you you guys you pharmacists are at the top of the list so i looked it up today and according to the one from 2017 pharmacists uh ranked second uh nurses were first pharmacists were second and these are all kinds of healthcare professionals and all kinds of professionals clergy and police etc um and pharmacy has been in the top 3 for 14 years straight i mean that's a pretty impressive run when it comes to being you know one of the most trusted professionals that people turn to um why do you think that is it's, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel really proud that we're consistently year after year ranked as one of the most trusted professionals, which it means we really have high honesty and, and ethical standards, you know. Um, so I think that's why that those surveys come back year and after year just showing that, you know, um, we are a trusted profession. So I, I think it's just, it's great news. It makes me happy. And it's funny as I just looked that up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and saw that we were second, which is really great news. Um, yeah, it is. That is. It's impressive. Yeah. Um, so how important is it for a patient to have a strong relationship with their pharmacist, pharmacist you know, and, and why is it so important? Yeah, great question. It's, it's extremely important. Um, one, again, you know, because we are the most, you know, one of the most trusted professions, um, 
is, or excuse me, is one great aspect. The other thing that I really like to, to educate, you know, my patients about is we're easily accessible. <laughs> you know, I, I like to say to the term them, you know, it's no appointment necessary to talk to us. And, and that's both in the hospital setting. So we offer free services to our patients to go talk to them about any question they have about their medications. And then, you know, you have pharmacists available at your local grocery store or independent pharmacy, whatever it may be. Um, why is it important? It, it really creates patient or caregiver, caregiver engagement. Um, I, I say that we are the medication experts, and, and developing a relationship with us not only allows patients and caregivers to really understand why they're taking certain medications, there's, a, there's data out there to show that patients um, who trust their pharmacists are more likely to take their medications as directed and, and be aware of any potential side effects. And, you know, kind of on the flip side, when pharmacists really sit back and take the time to listen to their patients, it's amazing what you can learn. I, I, I really promote that to when I, when I teach my students and residences. It's, you, you really need to sit down, sit next to them, you know, um, on the bed and listen to what they say because you can identify other health concerns or barriers to why they aren't taking medications or, or value information that, you know, you can, you know, share with their physician if appropriate or whatever it may be. And, and it's important to know that they know we have their best interest in, in health and safety at heart. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, especially, you know, the accessibility aspect and and having uh, the pharmacist really engage with the patient. And uh, you know, oftentimes patients feel like they're like they're not heard. So maybe that's why uh, pharmacists are so trusted because they are good listeners and they're going to give them a lot of great information. It's it's really um, it's really a good point. And you know, tonight we're going to talk about some of these issues you mentioned about side effects and you know. Um, compliance with medications, and we're we're going to kind of run the gamut of everything and anything to do with with medications. So this is a, this is a great show for people to listen to if they're taking a, uh, taking any kind of medications. It is time for our first break. So when we come back, we're going to continue this interesting conversation about managing medications with Dr. Jody Adams. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Attention all cancer survivors, are you ready to thrive? Hello, I'm Dr. Lee Sauschuler. And I'm Carolyn Gazella, and we are the creators of the new iThrive Cancer Survivor Online Wellness Plan. iThrive creates an individualized wellness plan specifically based on your health needs. We focus on five key areas to improve your health. Diet, movement, environment, rejuvenation, and spirit. After completing a short survey, an individualized iThrive plan will be created just for you. Your plan will contain recommended, interactive, interesting, and innovative action steps in these five key areas of lifestyle. The iThrive plan will help you to recover from cancer treatment, reduce your risk of recurrence, and to achieve optimal wellness. In other words, it will help you thrive. For more information about the iThrive plan, visit www.ithriveplan.com. That's ithriveplan.com. Check it out today and receive a special time-limited offer. Visit www.ithriveplan.com today. It's time to thrive, everyone. (laughs) 
We are constantly being bombarded by toxins in the air we breathe, water we drink, and even the foods we eat. So what's the answer? Glutathione. It's inside every cell in your body and protects you from the damage of oxidative stress and toxins. There's a special patented form of glutathione that is superior called Cetria. Cetria is pure, vegetarian, and allergen-free. Help replenish your body's reserves of this very important nutrient, detoxified a natural way. Visit cetriaglutathione.com. That's cetriaglutathione.com. Welcome back to Five to Thrive Live. I'm your host, Carolyn Gazella, and I'm here with pharmacy expert, Dr. Jody Adams, and we're talking about managing medications, a very important topic, and this is the first time we've ever talked about managing medications on this show. Um, Dr. Adams actually wrote some action steps for our iThrive plan on this very topic, so we're super excited to have her involved with the iThrive plan, so thank you for that, Dr. Adams. Absolutely. So um, let's continue our conversation. You were talking about um, some dangers. So what are some of the dangers that can happen if we're not careful managing our medications? Sure, yeah. You know, first off, not managing medications can, can lead to ineffective treatment of your illness or disease. You know, for example, let's say that you've been recently diagnosed with diabetes and Uh, it's the importance of taking your medication or medications as directed can really drastically improve health outcomes, you know, one being from a cardiovascular standpoint and can ultimately prevent hospitalization or or worsening of your illness. Or, for example, you know, if you have high blood pressure, taking your medication um, appropriately can can decrease your risk of heart disease. Um, Other dangers include accidentally taking too much of a medication, so that can result in unwanted side effects or, again, unfortunately, hospitalization. Or, on the other hand, missing doses um, just won't really necessarily get you the full benefit of the medication. It can also, I think, lead to, to confusion, you know, maybe among the patients or, or caregivers, and that can cause stress. So um, it's both, you know, from a physical and mental aspect that these dangers can, can really happen from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, are there any statistics regarding these dangers? You know, how how often do these uh, type of things occur when people aren't managing their medications properly? You know, so so most of the data with dangers of medications specifically is related to to medication adherence. So, you know, not taking your medication as directed or as prescribed. Um, there was a study in the Mayo Clinic Proceedings Journal. Um, I think it was about 2011, but they published an article that pulled data from the World Health Organization among patients with chronic illness, and they found in this uh, study that about 50% do not take medications as prescribed, and that's a staggering result. Wow. Um, yeah, so this, this poor adherence to medications can, can you know, lead to, again, like I said, increased risk of hospitalizations or, or I hate to say, but worst case scenario, sometimes death. Um, they also showed that 
all medication-related hospitalizations in the United States, between about one-third and two-third are really a result of, of poor adherence. And, and I can speak to that. I, I do see that um, in my work at the hospital. Yeah. Um, now, is there a, a group of people that might be more at risk of having issues when it comes to mixed-up medications and poor adherence? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's uh, I would say elderly patients definitely tend to be um, on more medications, and so they're at greater risk, especially of having potential side effects. We, we do um, have some guidelines that really can help with elderly patients and using the right medications in them, um, especially because, you know, as, as people get older, um, their ability to metabolize and excrete, and excrete drugs doesn't work as well, so they are at a greater risk of side effects. Um, even individuals who take five or more medications a day or those who are on like 10 to 12 more doses per day are at risk. Um, language barriers can be a risk, dexterity problems, so someone with severe arthritis can be at issues, um, poor eyesight. Um, one that, that I've seen more issues with is, you know, people who've had recent changes in their medication res- regimen, so maybe uh, a medication's been added or one's been discontinued, um, that can cause there were to be issues there. And then I would say patients with multiple disease states who um, are seeing different doctors. You know, you may be seeing your primary care doc for certain things and a cardiologist for another, and um, there can be a disconnect between these doctors. So it's really important to communicate to to each physician about what you're taking. Yeah, I would think that that would be a, a, big, a big deal. And, you know, you mentioned the five or more uh, um, you know, taking five or more medications. And in, in the introduction, I mentioned that it's, you know, it's upwards of over 20%. I was surprised at that. So that's a lot of people who are taking five or more prescriptions. And when you, when we say five or more, I mean, what what's the most that you've seen in clinical practice? I mean, does it get much higher than five? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> And again, you know, I, I could speak from the hospital setting where we, like, you know, I said we tend to see the sick of the sick. But um, goodness, I, I've I've seen twenty five, thirty uh, maybe. Yeah. And and in my mind, there's um, the concern of starting to get where you're treating side effects of one medications with another medication, and so I think those people would really value from a a really good medication review from a pharmacist to to see, you know, are there things we can change or discontinue, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, are there is there a class of drugs or groups of drugs that are more dangerous than others or that, that these mix-ups can occur more frequently than other classes of drugs? You know, I, I can speak to a few that, that tend to be riskier. You know, um, patients that are on insulin or medications they take for blood sugar control, um, especially because some of those are taken with food and you're trying to measure blood glucose, blood glucose levels, those can tend to lead to more risk of hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. Um, definitely patients that are on blood thinners, so um, drugs like warfarin or there's a lot of other new oral agents out there, um, those can put patients at, at risk of, of bleeding or you know if they don't take them appropriately. Um, even sometimes patients that, let's say they have blood pressure that is just really different, difficult to control, we call, you know, resistant hypertension, and they get 
put on multiple agents to lower blood pressure, sometimes um, if they get those mixed up or they're not taking them correctly, it can result in, you know, low blood pressure and, and other serious issues. Now, can you give us a typical example of maybe a patient who's experienced um, issues with disorganized medications? Like, describe a real-life scenario for us so we can get a sense of, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, to, I would say, gosh, it's maybe been about a month ago, um, we had a patient admitted with some electrolyte abnormalities and pretty significant confusion. Um, So he also showed up with two large plastic grocery bags of prescription medications Mm. um, that was passed on to me to review to see if any of these medications could be contributing to his confusion and his electrolyte issues. Um, So when I started to go through this uh, these bottles and looking through the bags, there was multiple um, prescription bottles of the same medication, but maybe it was a different dose or frequency, and then it was filled at, you know, two to three different pharmacies. So um, this patient, you know, it took me about over an hour to contact the pharmacies to really learn, you know, what he was taking based on how often he's been um, refilling, because unfortunately the patient couldn't recall what he was taking at that time. So long story short, you know, we realized that this this poor individual was just really unclear on how he should be taking his medications and and could have been taking multiple medications incorrectly. Um, So once, you know, his confusion cleared and we worked with the physicians to determine what he should be taking, we were able to help him organize his medications and educate him on the importance of medication management, um, including filming at one pharmacy. Right. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a sad case, but it's it, it's a, it sounds like it has a happy ending uh, where you were able to kind of turn things around for this individual. Yeah, and, you know, and we get, you know, where they'll they'll bring in the pill bottles, which is very helpful for us so we can identify what they're taking, but there'll be one pill bottle that has seven different pills in there, you know, that are capsules, mm. tablets, etc. So that's another you know, kind of example of disorganized medications. Right, yeah. Now, what are some of the common questions that people should ask when it comes to their medications? Sure. Um, questions like, you know, what are the names of my medications? Simple as that. Um, I've had where people can tell me, oh, I'm taking a white round pill or a little yellow, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I need a little <laughs> bit more information here. Um <laughs> really important one. Why am I taking these medications? I, I can't emphasize how important this one is. Um, they, it, I, I see that patients, they can tell me what they're taking or they can describe it, but they don't understand the why. And some of these have, you know, significant health benefits that they may, they may not be aware of or, or they don't feel any different once they started taking it. So they don't understand that. Um, questions like how will they or do they make me feel? Am I going to get tired? Am I, you know, whatever it may be. Um, how will I know if the medication is working? An example there would be if you're started on a, a medication for blood pressure management. You know, I recommend that these patients talk to their doctor or pharmacist. What is your goal blood pressure? Um, buy a blood pressure cuff at the um, pharmacy or they, you know, the grocery stores have the little chairs, you know, where you can get your blood pressure done. You know, take an active role and, and see what your blood pressure is. Um, Things, you know, what happens if I miss a dose? Um, can I take them with other medications or vitamins or supplements or, or food? Um, that's, that's some of the key ones I think are important to ask. Yeah, those are some good ones. Um, so now you, you mentioned um, 
a medical a medication review. You did it for this gentleman who was having confusion and sounds like you do that a lot and that you recommend doing a medication review. What are the steps that need to be taken in order to do uh, a medication review? Right. You know, from a from a patient perspective or caregiver, the the goal of a medication review is is to make sure you don't have duplicate medications, medications that you no longer need, or uh, expired medications. So maybe you have two medications that treat high blood pressure. Um, if you do, it's important to write down the names of the medications, and then contact your physician or you can talk to your pharmacist and just you know learn what should we be taking. Um, it's important to bring your prescription bottles with you so so the physician can really help you or the pharmacist. Um, expired medications, we do see this, and um, taking expired medication can pre- possibly prevent you from treating your disease appropriately as, as the medication potency can, can decrease over time. So the expiration date is, is usually found printed on the label or sometimes on the bottle. And, and something to just kind of a side note there is not all expired medications should be placed down you know, in the garbage or down the um, toilet. So if you have expired and unused medications, there's um, national prescription drug take-back days. They usually happen twice a year, I I believe in usually April and October. Um, And you can go online and Google it, and they can tell you locations in your area. It's really great. Um, Also, disposable instructions can be found on the U.S. um, Food and Drug Administration website. So there are resources for you. You know, that's a really good point. I remember reading a study, it was several years ago, but it was um, the drinking water was being evaluated in a California county. I can't remember which county, Um, but it was shocking uh, the amount of um, pharmaceutical compounds that were showing up in the drinking water because people were, uh, you know, flushing them down the toilet or, or putting them down the drain. So I'm just glad that you brought that up because I think we often forget uh, that we can't dispose of our medications, our expired uh, medications, uh, the, the way that we would, you know, uh, dispose of other things. I think that's a really good point. I agree. Thank you. Now, I want to uh, touch on this issue of multiple doctors because I um, I think that that's huge and I think that that would be hard to manage. So you have multiple doctors who are uh, doing multiple script, uh, prescriptions and they're not necessarily talking to each other all the time. Um, what advice do you have for somebody who has multiple prescriptions from uh, multiple doctors. Anything that they can that can be done for that. I recommend a simple solution: bring your prescriptions with you. Um, even if it's your pill bottles or you have a, a pill organizers, they can you know they can help you there. Um, show them what you're on and what you're taking because I've seen it too often um, where one doctor is prescribing one medication for pain management, another one's describing another medication for pain, and those don't interact well, or again, like for blood pressure, whatever it may be. So uh, just a simple bring them in, um, or if you know you feel you're a little bit more organized, you can keep your list and write them down and, and bring that in. I, I just recommend that over and over again, because anytime the list changes, is updated, or you maybe you started on a new supplement or vitamin, whatever it may be, write that down and, and bring it with you um, so they can see what you're taking and, and, and tell them who you're seeing and what for. 
stars yeah. other physicians. Yeah, I think that's really important, especially when because you, you'd mentioned earlier that you have to kind of monitor for interactions and contraindications and those types of things. And I'm glad that you brought up dietary supplements because one of the things that Dr. Alshuler and I always, always uh, advise people is. Um, really tell your doctors of what supplements you're on. There was a study uh, done not that long ago, and uh, so many people were afraid to disclose their supplement use because they were afraid that their doctor would say, oh, well, you shouldn't be taking supplements. Times have changed, and I think that that disclosure is is absolutely critical so your doctor knows everything that you're taking. And, and I'm assuming that that's the advice that you give your patients as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that's really important. So, okay, well, you know what? It is time for our final break. When we come back, we're going to dig into more about organizing and other tips uh, that Dr. Adams has for you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Attention all cancer survivors, are you ready to thrive? Hello, I'm Dr. Lisa Schuler, And I'm Carolyn Gazella, and we are the creators of the new iThrive Cancer Survivor Online Wellness Plan. iThrive creates an individualized wellness plan specifically based on your health needs. We focus on five key areas to improve your health. Diet, movement, environment, rejuvenation, and spirit. After completing a short survey, an individualized iThrive plan will be created just for you. Your plan will contain recommended, interactive, interesting, and innovative action steps in these five key areas of lifestyle. The iThrive plan will help you to recover from cancer treatment, reduce your risk of recurrence, and to achieve optimal wellness. In other words, it will help you thrive. For more information about the iThrive plan, visit www.ithriveplan.com. That's ithriveplan.com. Check it out today and receive a special time-limited offer. Visit www.ithriveplan.com today. It's time to thrive, everyone. Are you interested in boosting your brain power? So am I. This is Carolyn Gazella, co-host of 5 to Thrive Live, and I'm here to tell you about a supplement that I take. The human brain needs a lot of nutrition to stay focused throughout the day. Citicoline naturally enhances energy-producing centers within the brain. Cognizant delivers a clinically tested, patented form of citicoline that supplies your brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Look for Cognizant on the label, or for more information, visit Cognizant.com. That's Cognizant.com. Welcome back to 5 to Thrive Live. I'm Carolyn Gazella, your host, and I'm here with Dr. Jody Adams, and we are talking about managing medications. And now, uh, before the break, Dr. Adams, you talked about doing a medication review. I'm just curious about your view on pill organizers, and if you're a fan um, you know, of, of pill organizers, and if you are, what should somebody look for in an organi- organizer? Yeah, I'm a 
huge fan. <laughs> I, I pass them out all the time as much as I can at work. Um, reason I'm such a big fan is they increase the chance of, of, of patients taking the right medications, supplements, vitamins, you know, over-the-counter options at the same time each day. And it also really allows to see if you've missed a dose. So um, when I'm talking about pill organizers to my patients, I, I go over a couple of things about the, uh, about the pill organizer saying, you know, do you want one that has the number of days of seven versus 14, for example, or how many compartments do you need for each day? Because sometimes, you know, medications are dosed twice a day, three times a day, even four times a day. And they have pill organizers that have multiple compartments for each day. Um, if you know, you patient has difficulty doing this at home. Um, you know, you can have buy these automatic dis- pill dispensers, which is really neat. They dispense pills automatically up to four times a day, and they they can even come with alarms to remind you when to take a medication. So the caregivers can help you know fill these out, which is really neat. Um, I also it's important to show your family or, or caregiver that your pill organizer. Here's what I've done, um, so they know you know what you're taking, and and with that. I also recommend putting together a list of your medications um, that you know you can have with your pill organizer. So it, it really keeps you safe and healthy. That's the thing I promote the most to my patients. Um, you can also, there's some other steps you can take that will help you remember how and when to take your, take your medications. Um, there are so many apps available on phones. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. These really can be helpful if you're taking medication more than once a day. And some of them even pre- pre- uh, provide some education about your medications. You can do something as simple as, as sticky notes around your house. Um, I write sticky notes on my, paste them in my bathroom all the time <laughs> for reminders of things. Or um, we've used whiteboards for some family members, which is really great, and set them in a chair in their, in their living room. I mean, um, you can set an alarm on your phone, you know, or um, and then also, you know, that can help with, like, if your medications are supposed to be taken with food, um, that can, you can set the alarm. Or if it's supposed to be taken with food, schedule them around a mealtime. So there's some, some simple solutions that really can help with this. Yeah, and, you know, um, you mentioned that the, the pill organizers can, you know, there can be automatic dispensing and there can be alarms. What are some of the price points of these? Are these things, I, I would imagine that you could get a Cadillac or you could get a Yugo or whatever. So what, what, what kind of price point are we talking about? Just a range. You know, as far as, fortunately for us, we can just give them out for free. They're, they're very affordable if you're looking at, you know, at your local, I think anywhere from, five dollars you know I, I think the automatic ones they could probably um range up into the goodness maybe top end 40 50 dollars so they can get up there yeah yeah and i'm curious about the apps because obviously you know we have our iThrive plan and we're you know developing software and we're we're in that world now um mm-hmm. is there an app that you like um, i'm putting you on the spot uh so you, you don't have to mention a brand but i'm just curious if there's a um a medication management app that you that you like or that you think is pretty cool you know that's a great question and i have to be honest i, I don't have one that's uh my favorite you know i know there's one called pill reminder that i've recommended and uh, you know that's some i should i should look into myself so i can really make a quality recommendation to patients um 
but there are, I try to at least promote the ones that are free. <laughs> so right. I, I know yeah. the pill reminder is a good one. Um, I think there's even, you know, some with reminders with a little voice that can talk. I think even some of the local pharmacies have apps that you can use for, um, the, you know, the retail pharmacies that you can use. Oh, yeah. Also the so that's um, something I recommend also. Yeah, that's true. I've seen that. Like uh, some of the major chains, uh, they mm-hmm. you can download their app, and some of those chains even have like their own little patient portal thing that you can sign up for yeah. as well. I, I think we're we're starting to use technology a little bit better when it comes to all this uh, this stuff. Um, so, um, any other tips on how medication should be stored? You've given us a lot of great ideas on how how to uh, manage our medication, uh, but, but what about storing our medications? What are the tips for that? This one's also really important. I, I start out the, the conversation with my patients about this, about creating a habit on how they store their medications. You know, I ask them, where do you put your keys when you get home? You know, do you hang them on a hook near the garage or in a bowl on your dresser? You know, you, you get a habit and you, you tend to put them in the same place each time so you don't lose them. So I tell them, like, let's create a similar habit and help improve our medication organization by finding one place in the house or, you know, to store some, if not all of your prescriptions. So um, tips I talked to him about is, first off, you know, make sure you read the prescription label and see if it needs to be stored in a specific location, such as the refrigerator. You know, you know, you can always talk to your pharmacist about that too, because some are room temperature, some are, you know, in the refrigerator. The, the good news is, is majority of medications can be stored at room temperature or, or in a cool, dry place. The funny thing is, is um, I don't recommend the bathroom, <laughs> despite, you know, um, having the medicine cabinets in, in bathrooms in some places, um, because mm-hmm. heat and moisture from your shower or bath can, can possibly damage your medication. So I usually will suggest, you know, um, maybe a drawer in your bedroom or a cabinet in your kitchen um, is, is a good spot. But, but with that, you know, it's, it's, most importantly, please, you know, make sure you, you keep your medications out of reach of, of children and pets. Mm-hmm. So that's an important caveat to that because um, we have seen in our emergency room, you know, where, where children have taken uh, family members' medications thinking it's candy or we get calls from local animal hospitals down the street from us asking for help on, you know, this pet ate, my, you know, this person's medication. What do we do? So it does happen. Oh yeah, I would think that that that's a great that's a great reminder. Um, so let's talk a little bit about refills um, because I would think, especially when it comes to medications, one one really bad thing is that if you're supposed to take it consistently and you forget to do your refill and all of a sudden you're without your medication, I would think that that would not be a, a good scenario. Uh, is that is that the biggest uh, problem when it comes to refills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think, you know, unfortunately it happens, you know, you realize you're out and it's 9.30 at night and your pharmacy's closed, you know, so it can be really trying trying when you realize you're out of your medications. Um, and, and we have had patients admitted because there was some reason they couldn't get their prescriptions refilled. So it's a really important um, aspect of managing your medications. Um, I had... I, I tell my patients, you know, ask if your pharmacy has an auto refill program, which allow your pharmacy to automatically refill your medication so they're ready for you. And then, you know, pharmacies can call, they can text or email you um, to let you know your prescriptions are ready. If that's not an option, you could consider a mail order pharmacy, which will, you know, automatically send you your medications based on when you need refills. Um, or something as simple as using a calendar or setting a time on your phone um, to remind you when your refills are due. 
Um, another key thing about managing refills is really to make life easier for yourself and, and is really to attempt to fill your prescriptions at a single pharmacy. Um, we see, you know, they're filling it mail order, sometimes a retail or whatever it may be. Um, so it's it's really important to, to try to do this if possible, you know, because one, you, you can develop a, a quality relationship with your pharmacist, which will make you more comfortable to ask, ask questions. I have a, a family member who I think the pharmacist is one of his best friends. <laughs> so it, it's, it's really nice to hear that. Um, and then, you know, the pharmacist will then know what other medications you're taking. Um, or like we said, if they're taking other supplements or vitamins or over-the-counter, they can make sure there's no interactions. Um, it's, I think, easier also for physicians if you work with one pharmacist. And, and it's easier for you to keep track of the medications you're taking if, if you really try to do it at one pharmacy. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. Um, I'd like to switch gears and talk a little bit about caregivers. I'm assuming that um, you probably work a lot with caregivers mm-hmm. because sometimes the patient uh, is not in a position to manage their own medications. So what advice do you have for caregivers who are managing the medications for their loved one? Yeah, you know, when it comes to, to managing your loved one's medications, Please, you know, seek help if you're feeling overwhelmed. It's it's okay to feel overwhelmed, but know that there are people there to help you. You know, like I said earlier, we're easily accessible, and the best part is, is our advice or education costs no additional money. <laughs> um, so, you know, and being the medication experts, we are there to help keep your ones healthy and safe. I I, I promote that over and over again. So. Don't be afraid to ask questions and take notes and call whenever. Um, stop by the counter, whatever works for you. Um, I, I've heard people give feedback. Well, they're like, "Wow, it was so busy," and the pharmacist seemed so busy. And I'm saying, "No, no. There, there's a a window available. You can step away from everyone. It's a counseling window. Um, they're there to help." And what's really neat is a lot of these pharmacies have. Um, interns who are pharmacy students who um, can help educate there. So there's there's help available. I mean, I used to say that, you know, knowledge is the key to, to success, and we really love educating our patients and caregivers. Um, I also really recommend keeping an updated list of, of your medications. I talked about that earlier, you know, which is the names, dosages, frequency, the purpose of them, and, and how patient, your, your loved one's taking them. You know, maybe it's at bedtime or with food. Um, and again, this is also includes like we've talked about over-the-counter meds, supplements, vitamins. Um, this is really vital for healthcare members, especially, you know, if you have a loved one that gets hospitalized, it's important that we can determine what you're taking and continue it or don't continue it if based on what's going on at that time. You know, pharmacists, we review all these medications that patients take at home when they come into the hospital, and we want to make sure um, that it's an accurate list. And that goes for pharmacists that work in the outpatient setting too. We, you know, we don't want to have any patient safety jeopardize. You know, if you have a, a loved one that has a history of seizures, for example, and and we can't determine what medications they're taking to prevent seizures, it, it could put them at having, you know, unnecessary seizures. And it's kind of funny, I have a really good, um, great story about a caregiver um, who was truly amazing at managing her loved one's medication. She did a superb job. Her her mother had um, was admitted for pneumonia, and so I was in there asking a couple questions, and she handed me this list of medications that had all the medications um, 
the dose, the frequency, the doctor who prescribed it, and a cute little term for how she was taking it. Um, it'd be like water pill, or <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was great. And and this um, loved one also had diabetes, and so the caregiver was helping manage her diabetes, and she was so amazing. She knew exactly what amount of insulin her mother took based on what food she ate for each meal because I was trying to help figure that out how we were going to work that out in the hospital and it was amazing so she said well my mom had you know a half a salad and a half of a turkey sandwich so she needs this amount of insulin and then I'd look at the loved one and her mom and she'd be like yep that's right I mean it was (laughs) so I we instantly got one of my students. I said, "You know, you have to come in and see this. This is, this is so lovely to see." So, um, that was, you know, an exciting day for me um, to really see someone be so involved in their mother's care, especially from a medication standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it, being a caregiver can be pretty stressful. So, I would think that by being an organized caregiver, especially when it comes to medications, that can lessen the stress. Um, and it's and it's all about information and clear communication I think I think that that might be um, uh, a good a good lesson for us uh, when it comes to anything associated with our our health care information and clear communication absolutely I agree hundred percent and I'm wondering dr. Adams do you have any other final advice before uh, we wrap up the show anything else that you want to add Utilize your pharmacist. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're here to help. We want to help. Um, it's 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 a great resource, and and again, it's it it costs no additional money for you. And, and like I said, knowledge is key, and it, it's it's really important to know about your medications, and you have the right people out there to help you. Yeah, like you said, it's it's free advice, and it's free advice from one of the most trusted professionals in the world um <laughs> according to the gallup survey so that that is that is pretty cool well um thank you so much for joining me dr adams this has been a great show we really appreciate having you on and i have to say that i'm also excited about next week's show next week uh lisa and i will be doing the show together and with with no guests just the two of us and it's been a while since the two of us have uh done a show together and we're going to be doing a show all about diet and and we're going to focus on the different types of diets that are kind of hot right now. So we're going to talk about ketogenic diet and paleo diet and the Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet. And we're going to kind of compare and contrast and talk about pros and cons associated with each of those diets. And at the end of the show, we're going to come to the conclusion of which diet is the best for most cancer survivor. So it, we, that is a question that we get all the time. What should I be eating and what diet should I um, follow? So if, if you've asked yourself that question, you are not going to want to miss uh, next Tuesday's show. So be sure to uh, tune in next Tuesday. So everyone, this has been a great show. Enjoy the rest of your evening and may you experience joy, laughter, and love. It's time to thrive, everyone. Have a great night. Attention all cancer survivors, are you ready to thrive? 
Hello, I'm Dr. Lee Schuler, And I'm Carolyn Gazella, and we are the creators of the new iThrive Cancer Survivor Online Wellness Plan. iThrive creates an individualized wellness plan specifically based on your health needs. We focus on five key areas to improve your health. Diet, movement, environment, rejuvenation, and spirit. After completing a short survey, an individualized iThrive plan will be created just for you. Your plan will contain recommended, interactive, interesting, and innovative action steps in these five key areas of lifestyle. The iThrive plan will help you to recover from cancer treatment, reduce your risk of recurrence, and to achieve optimal wellness. In other words, it will help you thrive. For more information about the iThrive plan, visit www.ithriveplan.com. That's iThriveplan.com. Check it out today and receive a special time-limited offer. Visit www.ithriveplan.com today. It's time to thrive, everyone. We are constantly being bombarded by toxins in the air we breathe, water we drink, and even the foods we eat. So what's the answer? Glutathione. It's inside every cell in your body and protects you from the damage of oxidative stress and toxins. There's a special patented form of glutathione that is superior called Cetria. Cetria is pure, vegetarian, and allergen-free. Help replenish your body's reserves of this very important nutrient, detoxified a natural way. Visit cetriaglutathione.com. That's cetriaglutathione.com. Are you interested in boosting your brain power? So am I. This is Carolyn Gazella, co-host of 5 to Thrive Live, and I'm here to tell you about a supplement that I take. The human brain needs a lot of nutrition to stay focused throughout the day. Citicoline naturally enhances energy-producing centers within the brain. Cognizin delivers a clinically tested, patented form of citicoline that supplies your brain with the energy it needs to stay sharp. Look for Cognizin on the label, or for more information, visit Cognizin.com. That's Cognizin.com. <laughs> 